Welcome to the roundtable. I am Jennifer Eller, and with me today is Mike Hill. Um, yes, Mike Hill. <laughs> <laughs> I always want to say something funny, and I just no. can't think of what I want to say today. Nope. Um, and then <laughs> That's funny enough. That's right there. <laughs> and then in between us is Daryl Dorsett. Yay! Yay. <laughs> the, one, the one and only Daryl Dorsett. Daryl, how long have we known each other? Um, since 2013, we met at the um, St. Augustine yeah. Beach. Yeah. The Nazarene hangout. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. yeah. It was like the, exit, the Nazarene church exoduses on spring break and goes to St. Augustine, Florida. Pretty much. Yeah. Is that about true? Yeah. Does it still happen? Is um, that still the... We still go to St. Augustine. You still go every year. There's a few that still go. Um, there's not as many though. Okay. So, but uh, yeah, we love going there. I never thought about this. What was your first impression of you? <laughs> I always wonder this. Yeah. Like when you met me, were you like, Oh, <laughs> Judas. Well, I, I saw you sitting over laying out on the beach, laying uh, out, not laying out on the <laughs> I beach. I was going to say, but you, were, you were laying out, uh, by the pool at the warm pool. Did I look like a beached whale? Yes. That's what I was <laughs> you look like a beached whale. And I was like, this is, this is a pastor? Okay. <laughs> and I was just seeing if you were interacting with anybody, and it didn't look like you really interacted with anybody. You were just kind of like beached out there. Okay. And uh, yeah, so then... So a bad first impression. I don't know. I mean, I just was like, okay, that's you were, you were just laying over there. Um, and then we met uh, later on on the beach, and we, just, we, were, we were just talking. Um, and it... I was kind of in between, we, or the family was in between um, deciding on if we want to go to another church, and we just happened to mm -hmm. talk to you, and we're like, all right. Hey, we'll go to the Beach Wales Church. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, let's check it out. <laughs> Why so. were you in between? I never asked you that. Um, you don't have to share. No, no. I, I mean, I didn't know if there was a... We had a, a change in pastor, um, and when we did, oh. it was kind of like, we just, we, we held out for a year, and we just felt like there was nothing but surface. It was, it was all surface. Okay. It, there wasn't, it wasn't deep um, okay. for us. It, so I just, we just like, this was, this isn't it. We need to find somewhere mm -hmm. that we're, we're getting our, actually getting our toes stepped on. So. <laughs> and and uh, you found that at Life Church? Yeah. Yeah. Good. Found it here. So, all right. So, tell us about you a little bit. So, TV watcher, book reader, podcast listener. Like, what what's the thing that that intrigues you the most? Do you like, or do you watch TV? Um, not a lot. I okay. mean, uh, I used to love watching TV, but now I don't. If you were going to watch TV, what are you going to watch? Mm, good question. Uh, Other than Notre Dame football. The Football in general is pretty much the most. And you are a Notre Dame fan. Yes, Notre yeah. Dame Colts. You know Colts. I'll wa I'll watch the Bears, but like not they're not the '85 Bears anymore. So. <laughs> like, okay, like, like the Colts are any better? Uh, I mean, have you been watching them? We, I think we have a better record, don't we? Oh, well, they play in a worse division. Okay. That you always got to say that, right? Sure. Okay, so other than watching sports, nothing else. Um, not not much. I don't have like a. a a TV show that I watch. What about books? Do you read? <laughs> I I did. Uh, Ted Decker, Frank Peretti. Oh, you yeah. You guys talked mm. about that earlier on another podcast. And, yeah, I've, I've probably read probably 26 books of Frank mm. – or not Frank Peretti, but uh, Ted Decker. Oh, really? Loved his books. Um, I read a book with Frank Peretti and Ted Decker combo. Um, I'm trying to remember what – So you read them or listen to them? I, I read them. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that, that's a lot of books. I wanted to know that too because I'm like, yeah. that's a lot to read. Yeah. So some, some, I'm impressed. Uh, and I was reading uh, David T. Bond's um, books too. Who's that? Um, he's just a David T. Bond's. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So like, is he a Christian writer? Is he? A I don't think he mm -hmm. is, but it, it's more of a, a courtroom government uh, kind of books or whatever. Um, so yeah. It, read a few of his like him okay i was trying to read uh delaney said hey read the was it the silent patient uh, yeah mm -hmm. silent patient but uh i started reading it and i haven't picked it up what's it about weeks mm -hmm. uh, about a lady that uh, her husband dies and they believe that she's the one that murdered her husband and 
there, basically. She doesn't say anything. She goes to prison. And, she does murder him? Uh, it looks mm-hmm. like it. Okay. I mean, it, every, she's been convicted and everything, but she doesn't say a thing through the whole trial or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's where it ends for me. I don't know what happens. <laughs> <laughs> that's as far as you got? Yes. And <laughs> she says there's a big twist at the mm-hmm. end. So she looks very guilty. Mm-hmm. So, of course, I'm thinking there's something where she's not guilty. I don't know, but we'll see. Okay. I mean, I, <laughs> I haven't finished it. I haven't picked it up. So So something you're passionate about right now. Well, I was telling you guys earlier, I was passionate about pickleball. (laughs) You're still passionate about it. I am. I am. I don't mind losing. But uh, as long as I'm getting better. Is that really true? Um, If I'm learning and and getting better, I can accept losing. Daryl. Yes. Daryl. <laughs> I can accept. Speaking losing. from the guy, now this is a guy. So anybody who knows Daryl, super competitive, <laughs> hardworking. Well, I mean, a great guy. Obviously, everybody that knows Daryl knows that. But super competitive, Spartan races, right? So mm-hmm. Daryl decides to do Spartan races, and I can't. I don't remember what your goal was to beat somebody. Was it to beat Mitchell? Was it to beat Isaac? It was, was it to beat it was to beat Isaac? Yeah. Yes. And so. Isaac's 20-some years old. I don't even know mm-hmm. how old you are. I'm 50 this so year. So anyway, so he's training his butt off, goes to this mm-hmm. race, and essentially gets ambulanced off the place from almost dying. You do? I didn't. No, I didn't get ambulanced off. You didn't. I, I, I just added that for drama. Oh. Okay. <laughs> well, don't go lying. <laughs> no, I wasn't lying. <laughs> I'm saying... I was going to get into the story like you were seriously had COVID beforehand oh, wow. or something. Yeah. Decides to still do the race. Still would have beat Isaac probably if he wouldn't have had COVID. But then was out of commission mm-hmm. for like two days afterwards, three days afterwards. Lost all this weight. Mm-hmm. I, Is that something that's accurate, right? Uh, well, so it, cl- it was close. I mean... I, I lost Isaac by five minutes. Yeah. Uh, so I've improved from the last time I raced him, and he had beaten me. So you, you raced today, you're beating Isaac? Uh, no, because I haven't been training at all. So <laughs> I've, like, I've, matter of fact, I just checked my weight out there, and I was like, dang it, I've gained 10 pounds since July. So <laughs> I mean, I can't, no. This yeah, so you do have a competitive winning side to you. Yeah, of course I like to. I, I mean, if I'm going to play something, I'm playing to win. Right. That, yeah. yeah, that's what I was saying. So when you're like, <laughs> I don't mind losing. Well, so I guess I'll preface this as if I lose, I lose knowing that I put everything into what I did. And I'm like, I, you know, I just, it wasn't my game today. Mm-hmm. I just didn't win. Um, okay. They were better. And so pickleball getting beat by a 70 year old is just, they're better than you? They are better than me, <laughs> which drives me nuts. <laughs> Do you see yourself like, Oh, getting over the hump and beating the 70-year-olds at some point? When I get to 70 and they're <laughs> 90 <laughs> or, or 100. Well, I have to say this, too. So this is also for the, a little bit about Daryl, if you guys don't know this. So, I was, so I've been signed up for, I think, two Spartan races, maybe three. I haven't done one of them. But anyway, so the whole, like, getting ready. This is Daryl mm-hmm. the Encourager. Daryl shows up on our road because I'm talking about, like, I hate to run. Mm-hmm. I hate the whole process. Mm-hmm. And so this is like Daryl's mentoring side. You mm-hmm. know, if people know him, he was a football mm-hmm. coach, wrestling, the head wrestling coach at Huntington mm-hmm. North, like just a big, like pouring into other people. Mm-hmm. So he would mark out poles and spray paint them on our road Aww. and send me a text. Be like, so you run to this one this day? <laughs> you run, right? Yeah. Yeah. I run to this one the next day. That. Huh? I don't know if we even did it, though. Hey, I did it for a while. I did it for a while, yeah. obviously. You got afraid of a dog, didn't you? Huh? You got afraid of a... You were afraid of a dog, and you didn't do it again. Got afraid of a dog? <laughs> yeah. The German Shepherd that looked like an Alaskan Malamute wolf comes out on the road uh-huh. and chases me down the road. So I couldn't go past those orange marks, no. Yeah. Well, he could have went the other way. He could have only like, had it marked out well, one way. Yeah. Only marked one way. When, when I when you told me that that was there's a dog over there, I was like, I'm gonna run. That's the first time I decide I'm gonna run down your road. And yeah, that dog came out. But did he come out on the road? He came out to to the road, but he didn't get on the road. It's probably and, a little poodle, wasn't and it? And then <laughs> okay, no, it, was a, it was a pretty pretty good sized dog. 
was a wolf. But I'm like, it was a wolf. Suck it up, Buttercup. <laughs> I don't. What are you? See, it's it's this is what I'm saying. The real Daryl's coming out. Oh, I don't mind losing. I graciously get my butt whooped by 70-year-olds. Deep down, you're like, this is awful. Awful. It is awful, but you get better at it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about your family, the people that don't know. Three girls, um, 17, 21, 22 years old. Uh, Peyton, my 22-year-old's in Bloomington. She's studying to be a paramedic, and she's an EMT right now. Ooh. Yeah. Has she called you with any, like, stories? Uh, like I showed up on something mm. and the guy's face was all messed up. Or well, there is a certain coach that used to coach in at mm. IU that she went to his house, but I think mm. I can't say much more than that. Was he dead? No, nope. he's oh. <laughs> a pretty popular coach mm. from IU. Really? Just yeah, yeah. How can you do that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, maybe off the air. We oh, can hear okay. About it. Like okay. it's a privacy thing. I don't know. Like maybe it's a HIPAA thing. thing. I don't know what the rule is on that. So. You don't want to get her in trouble. No, no. <laughs> okay, but well, I yeah, got to make sure I don't forget that. Are you allowed to tell me? Yeah, I'd probably tell you afterwards. Okay, got it, got it. <laughs> but she hasn't any other stories of like showed up on. Again, that does obviously mm. doesn't bother her. Mm, no, apparently not. She's pretty mellow about mm -hmm. it. So, Oof. no, she's got some stories. You probably have to ask her about it. But. Yeah. Why well, did she mm -hmm. know? She'd be like, "Hey, Dad, guess what?" Like. My daughter calls mm -hmm. and tells me what happened in the school. Your daughter calls and said, I just had to resuscitate a dead guy. Yeah. You know, yeah. just we all get those phone calls, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. What, you, right? Yeah, I get to hear about cows. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Emma, Emma comes home and tells you the frustration with stupid cows. Right? I see all the cute pictures of the cows on the farm. <laughs> <laughs> this cow did this. And yeah, give her name. Been <laughs> married for same. how long? Um, let's see, 28 years. Mm -hmm. High school sweethearts. Been together for 33. Yep. Went to Huntington? Yep. You guys both grew up around here. <laughs> yes. How'd you meet? Just in school? Um, by my locker. For, she was a uh, freshman year. She was sharing a locker with a girl next to me. I tried talking to her. She snobbed me off. She Ooh. snobbed me off for a whole year. Wow. Were you just not the popular? Was she into the popular guys and I you weren't one of them? I think she been interested in older guys. Like Maybe she was like, I, I need somebody bigger than a freshman so you were just the leftovers probably pretty much yeah, pretty much yeah Try. When, when it took her a year to figure out this is it yeah <laughs> that's what i always said about sherry like sherry dated my brother you know and these other guys i'm like well, i guess i'm what's left you know so none of these guys worked out like how weird is that to think that your wife kissed your brother oh man yeah well, I, yeah I'm sorry Weird. to hear that. <laughs> well, you know what? He must not have been very good because she moved on. Yes, that's what I could say. Hey, I must, I must have been better. That's right. <laughs> so tell me about something in the world that's, that is either like making you mad, bothering you, or something that's uh, getting you really excited. Mm, a I, world event, current mm, events. You know, there's Sleepy Joe. There's, uh, I mean, that, I've got opinions on him. Uh, well, give us one. Uh, I really don't think he's right. You can't, you cannot be against Sleepy Joe. You are a United auto worker. You are in Joe Biden's camp. No, I'm not in his camp at all. I am definitely not in his camp. Uh, well, give me, I mean, again, other than he's a dork. So give me something that's like, uh, Something that he's done, uh, an opinion that he has, a policy mm -hmm. that he does, it just is like, this is stupid. Well, I mean, I, I just don't feel like he is actually running the country. I mean, uh, when I hear him talk and, okay. uh, and when, I'm, when I see him read his teleprompter and he can't seem to even finish the sentences and, mm -hmm. and his, his mind just goes off, I'm like, uh, I don't feel very secure in this country when, he, when I find our leader and he mm -hmm. can't seem to even uh, finish a sentence. So, okay. So that there's there's plenty of times where I it just drives me nuts to see that. Okay. So, um, I don't know. Uh, passionate about. What? Well, can I get? So I, you can say we don't have to go here, but I want an mm -hmm. insider scoop mm -hmm. on being United Auto Worker in the past two months. Are you super proud to be mm -hmm. one? Uh, you know, it's a job. 
I mean, I no, don't, I know. I, I Again, I'm mm-hmm. not like against. I'm not. A, <laughs> yes, okay. <you> now <laughs> no, let me rephrase that. Well, that's fine. Conceptually, uh-huh. I think the union was formed for the right reasons, and I think that the union in the beginning did a great mm-hmm. job of protecting. I'm just not exactly sure that that's where it is today, even though that I feel like that's what he says. But you're a worker and you're being protected. You're a part of that. So I'm on the outside looking in. So does it feel good as somebody that's a part of something that somebody is fighting for you? No, I would personally, I would like to fight for my own self. I'd prefer. Okay. I'd prefer negotiating for my own self. Oh, okay. Um, I am not, I'm probably not your typical UAW Democrat uh, worker. Okay. Um, to me, when I when I hired in, um, I got an. The biggest thing that I noticed getting hired in as a UAW worker is the the good workers get a bunch of work added to them. The bad workers get taken care of. Oh, got it. Like they'll they'll protect them. These people will. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll come to work drunk. They'll they'll. You know, have so many. They'll miss work. They're 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 not the guys that you can rely on. Got it. So they just put the work on the people that are reliable. Right. And they just protect the the ones that are just should yeah. be fired. Personally, yeah. I mean, so it's just a hot topic. Well, it is again. I just feel like every time you look out there, somebody's talking about because yeah. the new thing is labor getting organized, right? Tesla and Toyota and see the big thing we went rent one. So now we're gonna try to organize. I just think it's a fascinating concept of the whole how it works and what's that going to do to to American-made vehicles and how much they're going to cost. I love the Mm -hmm. whole just like trickle-down economics on what it's going to look like and what is fair and how does that work. And Uh, You know, I think there's so many people that feel entitled and they they would fit right in as a UAW worker. <laughs> I feel like they're entitled. Like if I was a business owner, the last thing I would want is my business to be unionized. Yeah. Small business or big big business. But I could see why you would unionize with a big corporation or big company because you have other management uh, that do things that cause you to say, wait a minute, that's not right. Sure. And if you don't have anybody to back you, right. so that's the positive of being in a union is right. you actually have somebody that's like, if a, if a supervisor is doing something that, or asking you to do something that is not within your element of work and... Yeah. Or not safe. Yeah, not yeah, safe or whatever stuff. like that. You know, you're kind of like, uh, you know, if we're trying to protect quality, make a quality product, but then they're... They're getting the supervisors are saying, "Hey, we need to get this truck out the door," and we're right. like, "Well, we're more concerned with this." And yeah, I know you might be, but we're looking at numbers too. Right. So. Right. Yeah. No. Again, I was just curious because I always ask mm-hmm. you about it every Sunday. <laughs> I mean, I just think it's funny because yeah. I'm like, we are voting mm-hmm. today, so mm-hmm. so it'll be fun. done today. Sean well, Phelan. Sean Phelan. Sean Fane. Fane, whatever his name is, uh, is going to be on the all over the feeds tonight after the vote. I'm sure. Um, well. I, I don't know who's we, we've got a 24 hour period so we'll find out tomorrow oh. how our our we finish up mm-hmm. so yeah mm-hmm. it's 50 50 right yeah now. so tell me something mm-hmm. you're passionate about other than pickleball in the world like something going on in the world you're like man that right there is awesome um I gotta say I'm not really feeling much passion for uh, there's not a whole lot I no mean, I've I mean I've listened to your guys's podcast mm-hmm. and I feel like there's so many more interesting people. That are <laughs> than, than what I what I have to offer here. I don't even know why I'm here. Huh? <laughs> but well, hey, let me just say no. this. I'll tell you why. Mm-hmm. Again, that so from the standpoint of living legacy. So the way that you choose to invest mm-hmm. into other people is changing the trajectory of people's lives. And the 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 most important part about that is is that's not. The thing that you represent is what we believe is the majority of people. It's one little decision every day that's going to make a difference to come. And you do that. Like, you get up and make little decisions, Mm -hmm. and you're actually thoughtful about the intentionality of your life. Like, we've had conversations going into coaching, 
what does it look like with coaching? How do we affect kids? How do we, how did you make, like, these are conversations that you're having all the time. How do I, you know, the small group that you're leading, you know, what do I do and should I do? And what does that look like? And how do we, so you, you know, this is somebody I'm working with. And so what should we talk mm -hmm. about? Little decisions, right? You get up every day and you go to work and make decisions every day that might not be put up on stage, mm -hmm. but they're making a difference in somebody's life. Okay. Well, no, so I listened, I was at service Sunday and then I, Monday I listened to your service again, uh, the service again, because uh, I wasn't mm -hmm. completely tracking with what you were saying. Because the message was weird. Um, the delivery uh, most, was bad. Most of the time, <laughs> most of the time I'm tracking with what you're saying and I'm, I'm getting it. And I'm everything. So I was like, man, I got, you know, I've got to listen to that again. And sometimes I do that. Sometimes I don't. Right. And I listened to it again. I was like, well, I'm going to have to listen to it a third time. <laughs> I'm gonna, Maybe get him the first service one day. That makes more sense. I'm going to, I'm going to have, uh, uh, the first thought I came, uh, came in my head when you were talking about legacy and everything is I don't think about. Um, it's, it's, I don't think about leaving a legacy. I just, uh, I think about living for Christ, him reflecting out of me, not about any kind of imprinting on anybody on what I like, I like leaving any kind of legacy that, that came from me. Like, I don't, I don't care if my kids say, Oh, I got that from my dad or whatever like that. Um, I would rather them be more like, you know, that's what Christ would do. That's that's what Christ. But that's still, you do care, because you still are making intentional mm -hmm. decisions, so that people can see Christ reflected in your life, which is going to make an impact, right? That is going to leave a legacy, right? You are saying, I'm going to be a football coach not because I need more to do. Sure. Right? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So you know that the reason that you're making that decision is because it is going to have a lasting impact on these kids. Right. Right? So that's, you're making a conscious decision so that you can leave a legacy. Leaving the legacy isn't so that I can get up and say I have a legacy. Right? It's a decision that gets imprinted in the lives of other people that is a legacy. Mm -hmm. You're just not doing it for the fame. Right? I mean, I feel like that's what you're saying. Yeah. Like, you don't want somebody to be like, okay, now I can say this about Daryl and this about Daryl. You're just doing it because it's what God called you to do. Yeah. Well, were you going to say something? Well, I was because I, re I just remember when um, Heather's mom was passing away. <laughs> and I remember seeing all the posts that Heather put on Facebook and was just talking about how supportive you were and the things that you were showing your girls through the way that you were loving her through all of that, you know? And so right there is leaving a legacy. You're showing your girls, and Heather always talks about this, how, what kind of husband and father you are so the girls know what kind of husband that they should have. You know, you raise the bar up for them to say, this is what it's supposed to look like. So when they're trying to find somebody, you know, they have a good example to look for. So, um, yeah, so right there is a huge huge legacy. It's not even, you're not even thinking you're doing it, but you're doing it every day. Like he said, it may not have even been a conscious thing, but you are, yeah, you're living, leaving a huge impact on this world that people can see Jesus through, through you. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't think I consciously wake up, um, thinking how can I, um, how can I impact somebody today? It's, it's more of it's more of waking up and saying, all right, God, what do you want me to do? Mm -hmm. And what, where do I need to be obedient? And what do I need to do mm -hmm. to be obedient? Um, and to me, that's, that, I mean, if that's a legacy, okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't, I don't, I guess I don't have never viewed it that way. Never. My mindset is not uh, of thinking that in that manner. Mm -hmm. It's like, um, it's, and mm -hmm you know, when I go to work or wherever thing, you're just constantly, if you're in relationship with God, you're just constantly looking for opportunities and you're constantly looking for moments where you can, you know, wait for God mm -hmm. to, or not necessarily wait for God, but look for those opportunities to speak about God or speak into somebody's life about God. And mm -hmm. it's just mm -hmm. reflecting God. It's not like I'm saying it. It's just letting God use you, use me to, 
reflect. Right. Himself. But don't you think that's the, I mean, that's the whole Paul and Timothy, right? So Paul picks up Timothy to not just being on a missionary journey, to be a tent maker. So just to be obedient, show up in a village, make tents, work with people, and given the opportunity, share Christ. Right? Like, that's exactly what you're saying. But they made an intentional decision to be available. Mm-hmm. Right? That's, that's essentially what you're saying you're doing is, I'm just intentionally, yeah, I'm going to go make cars. Or I think you're a forklift driver. I mean, you make cars, no, uh, but I, what are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a team leader now. Oh, I was a forklift driver. Oh, sorry. That's okay. It doesn't matter. It's just <laughs> I'm a factory worker. Just call me a factory worker. No, but either way, <laughs> but in the midst of being a team leader, uh-huh. you're looking for opportunities because you're available. Yes. Right. The same concept. The concept mm-hmm. is Paul and Timothy, they show up in a village, they're making tents, and they're saying, God, give us a chance. And so they get a chance. And so the point is, because you're available for the right task, you will leave a legacy, right? That's just the thing that I think is vitally important because I don't know from the standpoint of, is, does everybody wake up every day with a strategic plan? Now, I'm not saying that everybody has a strategic plan. I'm just saying that we should be available for the opportunity to leave a legacy because we should want something that's going to last forever. Because the reason you're asking yourself to be available is because if you give somebody Christ and you disciple something, that's something that's going to last forever, for eternity, right? That's the mm-hmm. idea of the legacy that we want to live or leave. Okay. I never, I never even mm-hmm. ever think of, hey, I uh, wonder what people are going to say when I die. I, quite frankly, I, I don't care. Don't you really? I, ha- I have. Why? I, I Why don't, don't care. you care? Um, I guess I don't mm-hmm. care because... This time on earth is just short period of time. Right. And the people that I'm going mm-hmm. to be able to see later on is for eternity is a lot longer and, and it's it's a heaven. It's in heaven and and I'm I'm this period of time right now is you know, I don't I really don't care what you're gonna say about me now because I'll I'll see you later. Mm-hmm. You know, it's basically to me that's what it is. I'll see you later. It's not Well, so from the standpoint of what mm-hmm. are they going to say when you die? The idea would be is that they're going to get up and say because of what Daryl mm-hmm. did, I will see him again someday. You would care about mm-hmm. that. You would care that somebody got up and they said, "You know what? Because Daryl chose to be available. Mm-hmm. He was my football coach. He showed Christ to me." When he showed Christ to me, and because of his availability, I will see him again someday. You do care about that, or you wouldn't be a football coach. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess. I mean, I get. I'll be dead, so we'll, do I really care? <laughs> Your family does. Okay. <laughs> I, so uh, on my fiftieth birthday, Heather, or actually, put together a uh, a like a clip. Mm-hmm. You guys, you you were on, mm-hmm. and uh, listening to everybody, and that was kind of like, oh, that's that's kind of that's. Pretty cool uh, right. gift. So anybody thinking about doing a gift for 50th birthday, you know, having that, that was really cool. Right. And it was cool to see uh, what people were saying mm-hmm. about uh, thinking about how th- I interacted mm-hmm. with them or something like that. Right. So I guess uh, to your point, yes, that's mm-hmm. that is it's nice to hear that right now or whatever. Yeah, because it motivates you to continue to be on task. I don't know if it motivates me. No. No. I mean. I, I, I guess I'm, uh, this is just not where my head's at. Like, mm-hmm. I want to I wanna do something so that they're going to – I'm not going to do something. I'm, I'm, I want to do something so that they're going to think that I'm uh, – You're I not get, doing it for personal glory. That's, that's what, what you keep coming mm-hmm. back that's to. That's what You keep coming like. back mm-hmm. to this. That's what it feels like. I think like. you're missing the mm-hmm. point of okay. saying, like, what we're saying is um, so that we can be celebrated. Right? Like, you don't want to be celebrated. Not at all. Does anybody mm-hmm. want to be celebrated? Like, I don't want to be celebrated either. But I want to know that um, the decisions that I'm making on this earth are having an effect for eternity. Like, I want to know that. Like, I want to know that because I made this decision, and because mm-hmm. I made this decision, I want to know not for my glory, but so that I can be effective. I want to know that my short time on this earth is going to do everything possible mm-hmm. for eternity, not so that I can get the glory, but so those lives can be changed. Okay. You know, and I think that the the encouragement, mm-hmm. and I, you know this, right? Anybody in life needs to be encouraged in the mm-hmm. things that we're doing to fight the good fight. 
Okay. You don't think so? Like well, you don't need to be encouraged? I, um, like, good job, Daryl. You're doing a great job. I know you say you don't need it for the glory, but what about from the, like, I'm on the right track? Um, I think I think when I'm having my time with God in the morning, when I'm doing my devotionals, and I'm in, since I'm in relationship with uh, Christ, um, that's the... If I'm if I'm being led in a in a, a good direction, I feel like we are. I'm being obedient. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I, I guess I I get have that sense that God's already. That's the who I'm. I, that's who I'm. Yeah, for sure. Audience mm-hmm. of one. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And so then when it comes to anybody else, uh, I guess I don't I don't need it. Maybe that's not my love language or whatever. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. You don't need any words of affirmation. Um, no. I, actually, I think that whole five love language thing. I know this is going <laughs> off topic, but that whole five love language shit. I'm not agreeing with it. Mm-hmm. No, you're not agreeing with it. No, I don't. Huh? Here, th- this is the reason why. Okay. Is because. My, uh, that love, those love languages are different for different people. Right. Like if, um, for me, if my wife, I want her affection. I want the physical touch. Physical or touch. Like that. Yep. Um, and I, and I prefer all, all the love languages from her, but when it comes to most other people, I really don't care. Well, I know that's the point. I mean, but I mean, if my love languages, I if that in the book mm-hmm. it talks about like you have one lo- uh, one dominant love language top and then, two usually you know, or yeah, whatever right I was too. like I don't know if I agree mm-hmm. I mean it, it's different for every people mm-hmm. uh, I mean for you it might be hey uh, time or um, I don't know I, I don't even know what all five of them are but <laughs> physical touch right. words of affirmation right. acts of service gifts and time right. Quality time. Quality yeah. time. Quality time. So, so I mean, none of those mm-hmm. are your love language. Uh, so you don't, there's nothing, mm-hmm. nothing that somebody can do for you to make you feel loved. It's, it's the person that it depends on the person. So what, that's what I'm saying. My person, my wife is where I get most of my love language stuff from. Right. And who I give to. That's because she can have sex with you. Nobody else can. <laughs> I mean, that's the love language thing that you're not going to get from anybody well, else. You know, her her encouragement, like when she puts stuff, posts this stuff on the Facebook mm-hmm. and and saying stuff. That's I, I I accept that too. I like that too. Right, but again, the your wife's words are going to hold mm-hmm. more value than mm-hmm. anybody's, right? Yes. But it does. You're saying mm-hmm. nobody else's words of encouragement makes you feel mm-hmm. loved. It's surely it's different from your wife. They're always mm-hmm. going to hear like you're going to hear from them differently because of the connection. Mm-hmm. But you're saying that if somebody came to you and encouraged you with words, it'd be like, I don't really care. There's not very many. There's not. I'm sorry. There's just. There's just there's <laughs> you don't have to be sorry. <laughs> no, I just like you're a unique mm-hmm. person because you're right. Mm-hmm. Most people don't. Mm-hmm. It's not the same when it comes mm-hmm. from everybody. Right. Like if you're if yours is words of affirmation, it's like preaching. Right. There are going to be people that are going to come up and say you did a good job every week. Right. And there's going to be other people that are going to say you suck every week. But there's only a few people that matter. Right. Like there's the the Lord. Obviously, you did what he said. And then there are a few people that will just be honest with you, you know, what is good. So certain words make a difference, you know, and can be encouraging or can be corrective either way. But it's only going to come from a certain group of people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the 20-60-20 thing where there's 20% will always love you, 20% will always hate you, and the 60% in between. Okay, that's the way it is, 20-60-20. Yeah. Okay. You've ever, you haven't heard that one? I have not heard that one before. Yeah. You're probably, uh, you being a pastor, you're probably at 20%, you could say no wrong, and <laughs> you could say anything up there, and that 20% will say, you're the man. And then you can be a, have, say a perfect have a great sermon, and there's 20 percent people are like, he sucks, and that the 60 percent in, in between don't are even more. care. They just no, show up to check it no, off. No, those are the ones that you win over. Those are the ones you have to win over. Okay, so they're the ones in the middle somewhere. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So before we get into significant times in your life, just real quick, if you could take a time machine forward or back, would you? Um, if I had to choose, I'd go forward. Where would you go? And what do you want to see? 
I don't, just see the future, see what's up in the future. Like anything particular? I like to be prepared. So, <laughs> like, I, I don't care what happened in the past. Like, mm-hmm. the future is what is the future. Mm-hmm. So I'd I'd rather be prepared for the future. Yeah. So, like, you would go, mm-hmm. you would like to go ahead and see what happens, and then come back and try to live with the idea of what's coming. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Could you do that? Could you go forward? Let's just say you went forward and you found out. Like how I'm going to die or something dies in a year from now, two years from Mm -hmm. now, or something happens Mm -hmm. tragic and then you have to come back and live. Would that be like, you'd be okay with that? I honestly process that a lot. Do you really? I do. I hate saying that, but after Sherry process Eric dying after Sherry passed away, Mm -hmm. death is seems more real. Mm -hmm. And so it is something that's like time is short. No. You know, so yeah, yeah. Hopefully, it doesn't happen anytime <laughs> soon. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that's what I always said about when sh- going through that stuff with Sherry. It had been an ongoing process for me because it'd been like mm-hmm. one year it's a brain tumor and one year it's kidney yeah. cancer and one year it's so you're always going through this like, is this mm-hmm. is this going to be it? So mm-hmm. you go through these years of like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, so. yeah, processing that stuff. Yeah. Okay, so Daryl, talk to us about being a pastor's kid. Oh. Right? So you grow <laughs> I up. I you're going to bring that up. No, no, no. I mean, so you grow up. I guess you can yeah. talk whatever you want about no, it. You fine. grow up yeah. in a church, right? Like you grow yeah. up with your dad being a pastor. So talk about your faith journey as a kid. Talk about your faith journey growing up to where you are today. Okay. Well, yeah, um, brought up in the church. Um, I, you know, I just, you... I b- always believed in God and always have, uh, I was always learning and everything, but, um, I would say up until middle school is when I really mm-hmm. took it, owned it as mm-hmm. my, my own faith, mm-hmm. you know, before it was as a pastor's kid, everybody just assumed mm-hmm. that you were, you were a Christian, you were a believer and mm. such as that. So, um, but, and then you'd always say, Hey, I'm a pastor's kid. Mm-hmm. So you that was your I kind of a little bit of an identity part of it mm-hmm. or whatever. But then when you get into middle school, um, you know, that's when just as I got into middle school, I got arrested. And huh? when I did that, <laughs> yeah. For what? <laughs> that wasn't in the bio. <laughs> no. There was no bio of Gerald getting arrested. He didn't yeah. put a whole lot down. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I got arrested, and that was the point in time where it was God was almost. It was, I've distinguished remember Him saying, mm-hmm. "You know, you you're going down this road, or you're going down this road. Mm-hmm. This way is me. This way is not me." And I was like, "I'm going with you." So okay. that's that's where it changed. This was me. in high school. Uh, no, middle school. Oh, you got arrested in middle school. <laughs> Drinking? Yes. No. No. Is this a story that I know? <laughs> Probably. Or is it being unveiled on the roundtable podcast? This roundtable. <laughs> hey, we're gonna have one soon. <laughs> um, well, uh, I don't know. I, I've talked about it uh, to mm. some people, but um, yeah, I we we were we lived at Parkview Apartments. We had a crew of people that hung out. Um, is subsidized government mm-hmm. uh, apartments. So uh, there's a lot of us poor kids uh, running around, and we had a, a group, and we would play in the uh, the woods behind the apartments on Thompson Road there, and uh, we'd camp out there, and then we would sneak up to the high school, and we broke into the high school on a, on a summer, uh, on a, uh, about 17 times in the summer. <laughs> Yes, but we only told the police it was three times when we gave our police statement. Good thing the statute of limitations has as ended yeah, so on free that. To say this now, yeah. but yes, we we did that, and um, you just, just went in and ran around in there, or what? Yes, we were into you know ninja stuff, oh. and we we I could tell you how to get into the high school now. Um, but I I would hate for them somebody <laughs> yeah, to somebody got somebody do his it. police statement. Well, I listened to Daryl Dorsett. He <laughs> gave us table. the plan to yes. burglarize the yes. school system. There there was still a way. There's still a way to get in, and uh, you know I, I. But we we did it for the adventure. We climbed yeah. up and mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I won't even. Say, we we got into the high school and then we found a master key 
to the uh, to the the building, and then we then we were walking in from there, and we would we'd camp out. We would run over in the middle of the night and mm. the summertime, and we just kind of explored the high school. And how'd you get caught? Uh, my stupid brother. <laughs> yeah. stupid brother. It's always the which, brother's which fault. Which one? Dwayne. It's always the brother's yeah, fault. I went to school with yeah. Dwayne. He was oh, in my you class. Did? Yeah. yeah. Dwayne, yeah, so. Dwayne and uh, Brent Marshall. Yeah. Uh, they wanted to go just the weekend before school started, and they wanted to get school supplies from the bookstore. because they. <laughs> hey, makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. So they were... So they they broke in. They got some stuff. They brought it back, and there was a a guy that was uh, a maintenance man that uh, actually caught them and then turned us into the police. Okay. So we wound up, you know, being on probation. And yeah. We turned ourselves in. My dad made me turn myself mm -hmm. in. Right. But so. now he's like, you're out of work. Go down a different path. Yeah. So yeah. from that time mm -hmm. on, you're just like, um, yeah. But it was still. A, a process it mm -hmm. was still uh uh a grow you're still growing you're still making mistakes you're still doing you've met heather things. at this point mm -hmm. yet no no okay. uh, when we got into high school mm -hmm. um yeah we heather and i got uh she snobbed me off the first uh year and then we started dating just before our sophomore year okay and um why uh I still feel like it was a, such a God thing that mm -hmm. she came into my life because we we started dating and I just was dating her because she was hot. I wasn't okay. dating her uh, because she was a That's Christian. That's how we all start. Yeah, because right? yeah. she wasn't a Christian or anything like that. You got to be even, physically attracted <laughs> first. Yeah, she didn't even go to <laughs> she didn't even go to church or anything like that. So she started going to church with me, and then um, my senior at our senior year, we were getting t to the point where mm -hmm. it's like, well, she's going to go to college. She's going to go to Manchester. Mm. Me, I didn't want to go to college. So um, once one April day or whatever, mm. I just decided to go into a jewelry store. I looked down and I saw the her the engagement ring. It was just like 10 seconds I was in there and I was like, how much is that? And I already had a price in my head how much it was going to be um, because I worked at Dairy Queen and <laughs> I can only afford three months <laughs> Dairy Queen. <laughs> to me, looking back, I was like, this is a cheap way of getting a ring because if I get older and I... <laughs> Buy it yeah, now. So tell, do you remember how much it cost? <laughs> yeah, it was $1,059. Yeah. So Does she still have that ring? Or she you have still, yeah, and I tried. I was like, I want to get you more to it. or uh -huh. And she's like, no, I want to keep it the way it is. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so it stood out. And then I proposed to her on prom night. Mm -hmm. so, wow. Yeah. But she still went to college. She went to college, yeah. Did you get married while she was in college? Um, she went for like two and a half years, and then she said, that's enough, I, and we just went and got married. So, okay. And at um, this time, you're working at GM? Uh, or no, still Dairy no, Queen? You no. got married working at Dairy Queen? <laughs> I'm just checking. No. Like, no. When I got, got out of high school, I got a <laughs> full-time job outside of Dairy Queen. What did you do first? Um, I, wor I worked for Medloid for uh, about six months, and then I went over and started mm -hmm. working for Culligan. So I was a okay. Culligan man for three years, and then I worked for Briars making ice cream, mm -hmm. and then I've been at GM for 23 years. I was going to say, it's been mm -hmm. a long time. Yeah. So when you guys mm -hmm. met, so you in the process of how faith fit in, how did mm -hmm. it fit in? Like, were you leading her? No. Did she, <laughs> she was leading you or you guys weren't leading each mm -hmm. other? Like we weren't leading each other. We were basically, it was, it was basically just going to church on Sunday. Okay. And, and you went here in Huntington? Yeah. Where'd well, you go? Uh, we were going to, first we were going to uh, Loon Creek. Oh, That's where yeah. my dad preached. Oh really? And, I yeah. didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then when he that he left, um, we started going to Indiana West or not Indiana Wesleyan, but Etna Avenue Wesleyan. Okay, got it. And we were there. But for you guys were just long. attending, like you're just going because you're supposed to. Yeah, and you know, uh, yeah, we weren't really other than that. Yeah, pretty much. We were okay. just we're doing that. Um, and then it got down to, I thought we had five years to. For uh, engagement, we weren't going to get married right away. We we're going to wait for her to graduate. Well, her dad had a little heart thing, and next thing you know, she's like, "Let's get married in July," which was, I don't know, eight months from from the time he had his heart thing or whatever. And I was like, "Wow, oh, 
Okay, so they were putting it together. And at that time, I was, as soon as she started saying, let's get married early, I started thinking about being unequally yoked. Like, whether she was a Christian, I'm a, I knew I was a Christian, didn't think she, that she hadn't professed to being a Christian mm-hmm. or anything like that. So I was like, oh, shoot, you know. Like, were you getting cold feet? No, I was trying to be obedient. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to be obedient to what God's mm-hmm. calling me. And I had this rest, I was wrestling with God and I was wrestling with Him about being unequally yoked. Like, hmm. uh, she's a good person and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, she's been going to church, but, you know, does that make her a Christian? No, it doesn't. Has she had any kind of profession of faith? Not that I know of. Hmm. Uh, so, and we're close to five years of dating here. And so, um, you know, uh, I, I just decided that, I mean, we, we went to a Mark Lowry concert in December, December 2nd in 94. And um, I, we were there and we just, I don't know if you know Mark Lowry, he's a comedian and he's also, he sings a little bit, but he's more of a comedian than anything. Hmm. And, um, you know, we go there, two months go on, uh, go on, and I'm wrestling for two months mm-hmm. about whether to not get married because we're not equally yoked. It was such a burden mm-hmm. on me. And finally, in, in, a fe- in late February, I said, okay, God, I'll, I'll give it up. I'll, it, I mean, I'm gonna, I would rather be more ob- obedient than, mm-hmm. than get married outside of your will. So she comes out of the room and I said, look, we're, I don't think we're going to get, be able to get married. And I already already decided there was only two reactions that were going to happen. She was either going to say, just tell me what I need to do and I'll do it. Or, um, I hate you and I don't, (laughs) uh, and I don't want to have anything to do with God and we're out. Mm -hmm. Cause Hmm. I was basically essentially trying to say, we can't get married right now because that's kind of a bombshell. mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, did you think through that? Uh, I wrestled with it for two, <laughs> two months, probably. I a mean, strong two months of it. And I was like, I, w- I just really didn't think we were going to be able to get married. Yeah. And I felt, and I I was fighting with God about it, saying, really? I mean, this is what we're, this is what we're, hmm. I, I'm just, I, I want to be obedient, but I don't want to hurt her. Right. And I still care about her. I still love her. And I don't want to, uh, and, and it was just a matter of, are you going to be obedient or not hmm. be obedient? So I, I was like, fine, I'll be obedient. And I, and I finally got the guts up to say it, and I expected her to do one or the other. And she, she's like, okay, so, like, what do I need mm-hmm. to do? And I thought, ah, she mm-hmm. picked plan A. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And, <laughs> you know, she picked plan A. And I thought, okay, well, I'm going to have to explain to her that's not that's – not, heartfelt it's not real it's you're just gonna mm-hmm. you're just doing it and um it didn't it and that already in my mind i was gonna say that's not gonna be good that's not gonna be good so enough. you gave her like no way out i i felt like there was no way out and so mm-hmm. she's like okay what do i have to do and i and i said well i'm a christian mm-hmm. i've already accepted christ in my life and you haven't so you have to accept Christ in your life. And she's like, well, I already did. And I said, when did you do mm-hmm. that? And I was at the Mark Lowry concert. At mm-hmm. the end of the Mark Lowry concert, he, he gave an invitation for anybody to, if they want to accept Christ in their life. And he said everybody's eyes were bowed and, yeah. and uh, head was bowed and eyes were closed. And he said, raise your hand if you want to accept Christ mm-hmm. in your life. And she said, I did. And I said, why didn't you tell me? <laughs> why? You could have saved me two months of wrestling with God. And, and she's like, mm-hmm. I just didn't know what to do next. Mm-hmm. So I was just trying to figure it out. Wow. Mm-hmm. So I was like, chick ching. I don't have to. <laughs> you don't have to have a bombshell go off right before mm-hmm. your wedding. No. So I was like, "That's like, God mm-hmm. knew ahead of time mm-hmm. what. He was just wanting me to be obedient. Yeah. So, so. talk about the mm-hmm. development of your faith. Like, so did you guys just continue to grow, and has it kind of been up and to the right? And mm-hmm. or what have been some moments or some things that have really helped you guys' faith grow, or your maybe just your faith in general? Oh, I mean, I think I just think it's um, 
as we've got, gotten older and everything like that, it's just a, a it's been a, just a slow process of of listening and trying to be obedient mm-hmm. and um, reading, getting into the word. Sometimes you just can't get into mm-hmm. the word. You just don't feel motivated. Mm-hmm. And then there's times where you, you, you know, I think like anything, you're, there's ups and downs when you're, you're trying to do, do life with Christ mm-hmm. and, and fighting the selfishness of wanting to do your own thing. Right. Um, yeah, so talk about, so one of the things we talked about before, this has been, seems like a common theme in your story, right? Always just trying to figure out, make it simple. If he says do it, just do mm-hmm. it. Okay, so how did it fit in? So we talked about this small group that you lead, mm-hmm. right? How did that come about? So was that a aha moment? Was that a felt God saying, like, what got mm-hmm. you to the point to leading the small group that you're leading? Well, I'm going to say it, it pretty much evolved around Scott, uh, my, my close friend Scott Campbell. He, uh, he, he was wrestling with the death of his uh, brother-in-law, mm-hmm. uh, Kevin Shitball. And, um, you know, he, we, we got, when he passed away suddenly, he was about our same age as we were, and it was about four, four and a half years ago, um, he was questioning um, God and where he go, what happened. So everybody so, knows he's one of your friends. Right, right, right. Yeah, mm-hmm. just so everybody knows who you're talking sure. about. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Scott, okay. Kevin. They're yeah, both these friends. guys. These guys mm-hmm. were all your friends. Yeah. Right. Okay. And and so he he was questioning, and we had been Scott and I had been friends for twenty ah uh, twenty thirty years thirty mm-hmm. years mm-hmm. or somewhere around there. I don't know. Can't do the math, but. Um, and I'd never pushed God on him. We've had conversations about God, um, but we were just good friends. And when he passed, he he's like, can we get together and, and talk about what happened? Because he's questioned where Kevin went, what mm. happened to him. I said, okay. And um, that first day that we were going to meet, mm. there was like every obstacle that could have happened was fallen <laughs> to keep you guys from meeting. Yeah. Hmm. It happened pretty hmm. much. There was just so many things that were happening. And I even was talking to his wife, uh, Kathy, and I was like, you know, I, I think we should meet. I, I feel like that there's things that are like blocking us from meeting. And I think it would, I think there's a reason mm-hmm. why there's things are blocking us from meeting. Let's meet. And, you know, so we, we agreed to meet and we, um, Scott, and his wife Kathy and I sat down at his table, and we we just kind of laid it out for him. And it was it just kind of he after we got done talking, he was asking questions. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, "Can we can we just start a small group or something like that or whatever? Can we just get together?" And I said, "Yeah, we can do that." And they invited Lisa and Brandon Lice because they were friends with them. They were friends. Yeah. Okay. And I knew I knew both of them, but not as well as they did. And um, so we just got together, and and then Chad uh, Bauer, his his son had just, uh, or well, that was later on. But he came into the group a little bit later on, and uh, through uh, his lo- loss of his son, um, so we've all just become a group, and we've been together for four, four and a half years, and it just consistently mean. I, I can't even believe we looked up and we're like, has it been really four years that mm-hmm. we've been meeting? And, and it's, yeah, it's been that long. And there's been a lot of things that um, have happened, which is, which is incredible that we've come together mm-hmm. and we're kind of uh, doing life together because there's just so many things that have happened in mm-hmm. each one of our lives, mm-hmm. people dying and and such as that, that cancer a couple cancers a uh, couple I mean four or five deaths mm. <laughs> uh, in our group and we've just kind of come together and that's kind of helped and and it's not a traditional um, small group where we're like hey read this bible uh, scripture and let's talk about it it's more of a, let's meet every other week and let's see what God has done in our life in those two weeks mm. and we just like where do you where do you see God working in your life this week or the last two weeks or mm-hmm. whatever like that. And there's usually never a dull time where something hasn't, that God has 
not showed up in somebody's life that there's somebody talking about it. Yeah, so mm-hmm. something interesting. So what brings a group together is tragedy, mm-hmm. right, and questioning. So what happened inside of the group to bring peace to some of those things? Was it just relationships? Was it the word? Was it mm-hmm. like what helped that process? Because that's a big deal, right? Like you're talking about somebody who mm-hmm. lost somebody they love, wondered where it came from. Then you're, you have you know, people come to the group that tragedy has happened mm-hmm. throughout the group. So is the attracting piece, I mean, other than Jesus, like what's the attraction that keeps the group together and keeps the group going? Like what is that thing that, that I mean, because v- very few groups stay together for that long, mm-hmm. even through all of those things. I, mean, I, I, I think it's, it's it, the genuinely actually seeing Christ work in somebody's life. Okay. I mean, that, that, I, th- I mm-hmm. really... I mean, if we were just getting together just to be, you know, chum friends and hang out, I, I don't know if I could do it for four years. Mm-hmm. I mean, we would we'd probably all get tired of mm-hmm. each other or, or whatever. But the commonality is is what's bringing us together is we just see Christ happening in our lives and we share it with each other. So can mm-hmm. you over the course of four years, mm-hmm. like you guys get together and you're saying, hey, I wanted to show you where God's working mm-hmm. in my life. Can you pick one thing? that you can share it, it'd be like, this was profound. Mm-hmm. Whether it was you, whether it was somebody else of like, this is how God's working. When I say profound, something mm-hmm. that you're like, wow, that's that's cool to see God work in that way. I can, but you know what? <laughs> no, it's okay if you can't I, share I, it, that's fine. I can, but it, I, I'll probably get emotional about it. What's wrong with that? I don't I don't want to get emotional well, about it. You don't get a choice. Be obedient to God and he wants you to share. I've already had tears, Daryl. It's okay. You're amongst friends. We can get you clean exit. Come over there. Um man. Mm. Um No, I don't know if I can do it. You can I, do it. I, I mean, I just I think of things that um no, I don't know if I can. Listen, the, <laughs> think of all the people out there that are, mm-hmm. yeah, they need to hear that God's real, God's alive, he's, he's doing amazing things. Because there are those people that are still in that place of going through things that are still wondering, mm-hmm. does mm-hmm. God still do amazing things in people's life? Yeah. Well. <sighs> Usually I'm not an emotional person, so I, I, this is I don't know why these uh, this, these emotions are building up. Maybe because I just keep them stuffed inside so much. But um, man, I I don't know if I can. Um, I do think that um, like I can think of with my mother-in-law. And I've already shared this with you guys before, so, uh, you know, Nick's been a big part of it, putting this together, doing the online services. I don't think I can do this. (laughs) Sorry. Mm -hmm. Um. Knowing where my mother-in-law was, and knowing how she was able to come to Christ was—is that me over there? It's pointing to Nick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. No. I can't. I can't do this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, no. Again, dear. I think the thing that's. Yeah, I think that's what people, Mm -hmm. the thing that we all need to recognize. So remember in the beginning when we're talking about nobody wants the glory, nobody wants to leave a legacy. But two years ago, three years ago, Nick, when did this start? Not this, but online in general. We started the conversation in 2019. So in 2019, I go to Nick and say, I want you mm-hmm. to do something completely different. Like, I don't want an online viewing mm-hmm. experience. I want a church. And we're going to believe 
that God is going to transform the lives of people through this. And so Nick, behind the scenes, mm -hmm. since 2019, has been building platforms, building opportunities. And so you sharing that is just proof that somebody just saying yes, mm -hmm. that nobody would have known about. Yeah. Like nobody knows the risk that Nick had to take, <laughs> the grief that he had to listen mm -hmm. to from me, you know, the like all the things that goes into the behind mm -hmm. the scenes, but because he made one decision, mm -hmm. this is what I want people to see. He made one decision to say yes without any idea of what was coming in the future. Mm -hmm. And what you're sharing is because of one yes, somebody's in eternity. Right. That's mm -hmm. what people need to hear. Yeah. A, yeah. yes, right? This is what mm -hmm. we're just asking people for. Not, you know, well, what if this happens or this happens? That's not what we're here. Mm -hmm. You said it earlier in your testimony, in your story. I'm just trying to be obedient. Yeah. Right. And through obedience, God gets opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Just mm -hmm. the you're grateful for whoever decides to be a, if God tells you to do something and, and you're just obedient, you don't know if it's how it's going to affect somebody later on. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I mean, even even today, the ripple effect of my mother-in-law passing, knowing that she um, had accepted Christ through the broadcasts that were brought uh, that were online um uh, that's how she became to know how she came to know christ and the ripple effect now i can even say is uh and i had told nick about that um uh that about her and how it all went down and and i was like we're i'm i'm hopeful i'm grateful i i can't wait for the the day that my father-in-law, I feel mm -hmm. like he's going to come in here, mm -hmm. and what mm -hmm. baptism Sunday? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. He stepped into this church. He hadn't been in here for. Mm -hmm. He hasn't come to church his whole life. Mm -hmm. So he came once, and I'm counting that as a victory. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. That's good stuff, Daryl. Thank you for. Mm -hmm pushing through <laughs> i can't do this <laughs> <laughs> okay so we're at the end we've already been at it an hour if you can imagine that so jennifer you have some questions that you want to go couple. through the yeah let's see here so we kind of didn't talk about this with your small group a little bit but there was a couple different religions that all came together so which is kind of yeah, a little diversity. unique a diversity yeah because usually you know you're yeah. as church small group people go together you have the same thing but you have i think it was four three four catholics a lutheran and a protestant if i remember so, right so <laughs> you have this right. it sounds collect, like a joke i know you know what i mean like you're getting ready for a punchline yeah so yeah. an eclectic group of people so yeah. What previous ideas did you have about Catholics or Lutherans that were wrong as far as these friends showed? Um, I didn't realize, uh, actually, I really didn't realize how in, much in common we do have mm -hmm. with the Catholic Church and their belief, how close it is. Um, I just had the impression that they had some a lot of different mm -hmm. views on things, um, but when it comes down to a lot of the main things, such as um, uh, the ascension of Christ, the, his death, is, um, and his, uh, what I'm thinking of, a, there's a word for it, um, just who Christ, uh, who Christ is and what he did for us, and uh, the, so so pretty much the same. So um, I was surprised to know that that's we're on we're on the same wavelength with that kind of mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah, I don't know if that. No, that's good. Good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and then so that was from Karen Bennett. So then Jamie Tackett, if you had endless time in your schedule, what is something you would do regularly? And it's not pickleball. So <laughs> endless time. Endless time. Endless time. Wow. What would you do? Uh, probably go skiing in Colorado. Oh, there yeah. you go. That's that was a good time there. So. Have you went since we went? No, nope. I'd like to go mm -hmm. back. So I mean, um, well, you can put together a men's trip. I just talked to <laughs> our one podcast today. They, you know, guys 
you know, talking about loves to take guys fishing. I said, well, you know, <laughs> you can put together these trips and yeah. get these guys together. And there's probably a lot of guys <laughs> who would want to go and hang out in Colorado for a couple of days yeah. now that it's not the COVID Nazi when we went. Yeah. And, I mean, I guess we're supposed to have a big winter this year. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's perfect. I just rolled my eyes for anybody. What for? Well, because if you got mm-hmm. animals and you have all this stuff that's outside and you have this big winter, mm-hmm. it's not mm-hmm. as fun. Oh. You know, big winter if you can go skiing mm-hmm. and good for those things, but bad for raising animals, driving mm-hmm. trucks, delivering feed, all of that, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, oh. yeah, so you can think about that. Men's trip to Colorado. Yeah. Daryl Dorsett would be the organizer. <laughs> so if you see him at church on Sunday... Yeah. And you love to snow ski. He comes to the second service. He sits on stage right, back about 15 rows, 20 rows. No, maybe like seven or eight. Oh, no. He's no, right in the middle, right in the middle of the church. Either way, go up and find. I'm on the turf. Find (laughs) Daryl and ask him, say, you know what? How good would it be to do a ski trip? Can you put Mm -hmm. it together? There you go. I'd love it. <laughs> I need somebody to go to the summit because you didn't want to. Listen, chicken. Huh? Chicken, chicken, buck, buck, buck. I don't know if that was exactly how it worked. I was so mad. That was the trip where we couldn't get in anywhere, right? What? Get in anywhere. Right, like it was during COVID, right? And you couldn't get oh. in to warm up. And you oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I didn't worry about getting into anywhere. I okay, was... well, you're tougher than me. We've already established yeah. that part of it. You did the Spartan race. You did all the training. <laughs> I'm the fatty guy that doesn't have the, yeah. Oh. No. But it was a great trip. I, I always tell, I've still told people about this. The greatest part about the trip was all mm-hmm. the talking. Wow. Yeah, the skiing was good. Talking was better. It was. Yeah. Okay, any parting wisdom for um, our audience? The only thing I would say is be obedient. Mm-hmm. There you go. You know, that's about as good as I can mm-hmm. get. Yeah, good. Mm-hmm. Want to end us up? I can. So if you want to be a part of the round table conversation, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's been a long day. So sorry. Take two. If you want to be a part of the round table conversation and you're not part of our texting group, text podcast to 260-408-8383. And we'll text out who our guest is going to be for the week. There'll be questions you can ask um, and so forth. So yeah. we'd love to have you be a part of that. Yeah, good. So when the, the clip comes out, make sure that you like, comment, share. Make sure you subscribe mm-hmm. to our podcast. We want to get this out to as many mm-hmm. people as possible. And again, in all seriousness, if you see Daryl, mm-hmm. his family, Daryl and Heather and his family, they're all together most Sundays. Come up and say hi. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I, I would say from the bottom of my heart, mm-hmm. I'm all joking aside, I appreciate your investment in my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciate your investment in this church. And again, I just love to see a guy who's sold out and obedient to the things that God's Mm -hmm. asked him to do. So great job. Thanks. All right. So we'll see you guys next week. Bye.